Hey, what's going on? It's Danny Strolowitz from at Just Nation NYC. This is Elon Frankel from at Giants Nation NYC. And you're listening to the first ever Jets Giants Rivalry podcast. Let's get it. Okay, what's going on? We're back. Back at it. Better than ever. Back after a long hiatus. Uh, (laughs) Week 13 was our last uh, official podcast. Um, You know, it was uh, came to tough terms with uh, Jets and Giants Nation and um, we're released of our duties. Uh, You know what? We're over it. You know, I'm fine. Completely over it, Josh. We're yeah, I'm fine. Um, did I did I make a fake Twitter account and uh, you know curse out Jets Nation? No, I didn't. Because um, I'm not a psychopath. But I think that um, you know, fired Schmired, right? You know, I, I I'm always at work, even when I'm fired. So I think that I'm over it. We you didn't fire. We didn't get fired. We quit. We quit. We quit. Yeah. We, we forcefully, we were forced to quit. And I was more than happy to be forced to quit. Yeah, it was like so, the best um, day in my life. Yeah, so I'm not going to say time. suck it, New York Sports Nation, but suck it, New York Sports Nation. This is for you. So, uh, okay. With that, we'll start the podcast. We're not salty at all, just saying. For all you guys out there think we're salty. We're not salty at all. We, we love New York Sports Nation. We love them. We oh. love them. Oh. We're not salty at all. Well, let's get they to didn't the pay us anything. Oh, wait. They didn't pay us anything. <laughs> um, but again, again, like Elon said, um, I'm fine. Yeah, we're all, we're all fine. Okay. We had a great draft. And Thank NFL God draft. Everyone's waiting for this. We got no sports. We got nothing. This draft, everyone that doesn't even like football, they're becoming like Mel Kuyper 3.0, like getting like details on this draft preparing for this everyone was hyped up for this i don't think it failed let's go through some big winners and losers of this draft yeah a lot going on a lot going on um you know a couple things for sure uh stood out i would say you know the commissioner roger goodell uh was not on point was not on point with his jokes and um him telling me to boo him makes me want to not boo him i don't think he understands the point the point of booing is because we hate you Right, so once you tell us to boo, I kind of wanted to cheer a little bit. Like, that's the first time I wanted to clap for the commissioner. Please don't tell me to boo you. That kind of ruins the whole purpose. Um, so but, is, Goodell, uh, is he, Goodell a winner? Is he a winner for – He's a loser. He's a loser because, like, you know, it's been a long couple months for him. So it clearly showed. It clearly showed. Okay, so let's, let's go to a winner. Let's go to the Jets. The Jets are a big winner here. Not only did they get the 6'7", 500 million pound Mekki Becton, but they got his dad. They could plug in his dad at any position on that line. A loser would be Mackie Becton's dad's chair, but a winner are the Jets organization for getting Becton and the dad, put the dad. You got Connor McGovern at center. And got the, listen, the, mo- the, mo- the mom is not too shabby herself. Yeah, the mom, yeah. She like she's, She could definitely provide some debt on that offensive line. Someone gets injured there. McGovern gets injured. Plug her in at center. But Put the dad mama. is definitely – For sure. Yeah. Love that. He'll be a force. Um, another uh, another uh, loser, I would say, is 
CeeDee Lamb's girlfriend, big loser. CeeDee Lamb, she, CeeDee Lamb's girlfriend, while CeeDee got the call to be drafted, he was happy, happy moment of his life. He's probably talking to his agent, maybe talking to Jerry Jones. We don't know what that phone call was, but he was on the phone. And what does his girlfriend try to do? Snatch his actual personal phone, snatches the phone, tries to get a look at who's sliding into his DMs, whose DMs he's sliding into, and what happens? Rejected. CD yeah, Lamb's girlfriend at the brim, at the rim, swatted by CD. Great moment of the draft. Yeah, and, and, and to end off the loser one with a loser of losers, Booger McFarland, right, just gets on the screen, talks like he knows anything at all, but I, there's no explanation for why Booger McFarland is a loser, but the fact that they let him talk is a crime, and uh, ESPN should all be put in prison for letting that man walk. That's all I got to say for that. And for our, for our last winner, let's go with Henry Ruggs. This guy got away with wearing a robe to the draft. Not only did he get away with it, they were complimenting him, the ESPN panel. Not only complimenting him, but Hall of Famer Michael Irvin couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. He thought this guy's like, like already like a best receiver in the league for wearing a rope to the draft. This guy looked straight out of the shower. Like, but he was clean. But he was clean. clean. He was clean. He, he was came clean. out of the shower clean. And obviously he talked to us about the dad of the draft. The dad of Mecky. He's a unit. That guy's a unit. So let's get to the Giants and the Jets. We talk about the winners and losers. Both winners, I would say, the Jets and the Giants uh, from the 2020 NFL Draft. Um, Elon has his words. I have my own. But I think that both teams were graded well um, by the experts. Uh, you know, both drafts were, were considered successes by the fans. And um, well, well, they fulfilled their needs. They definitely, you have, and, you have, yeah. you, and, so the, and the Giants I'm, and the Jets, the last couple of years, the last couple, three years, their, their strategy was to get franchise quarterbacks. So they both have young franchise quarterbacks. And they got franchise running backs. They got Le'Veon on a big deal. We got Saquon. So we got those two players who were the marquee of each franchise. And what are you going to do to help them out when they're struggling in their first years in the NFL? See, you see Darnold and Jones' potential. You see Barkley dominating. You see him getting no action in the second year because he has no holes. Same as Le'Veon. You see Le'Veon dominating his whole career on a solid offensive line, good offensive line on the Steelers. So, and, but you see him on the Jets. He's no production. So what do you do? You fix up the offensive line. That clears up, that clears up room for the running backs. That allows the quarterbacks to pass the ball. That's what, the, that's what the strategy was here for both Joe Douglas and Dave Gettleman. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to pretty much take you uh, round by round discussing uh, the picks. And uh, Elon started off with the, the first rounds, right, both going offensive linemen. Uh, you know, the, the Giants going uh, the safest one, I would say. I would say they went the, 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 the safest route with Andrew Thomas. Um, you know, he has the, for sure, the, the highest floor, um, but he doesn't have, but I wouldn't say he has the highest ceiling. That's where the Jets went with, uh, Mackie Becton. Uh, the dude is an absolute. I, I would, I would starkly disagree. I would starkly disagree. That's, I would, hear me out, man. Hear me out. Number one, Andrew Thomas, you're hundred percent right. The highest floor, you know what you're going to get with him. 
Great player. Played in the SEC. He played in the SEC. Not like Becton. So he played against the best pass rushers in the draft, right? Pa- pa- the best pass rushers, the best division in college football is the SEC. That's where we got this guy from. This guy put up stats that are unheard of in that division. Unheard of. He came in as a true freshman, started as a true freshman, played his whole career out as, as a staple on that Georgia offensive line against these pass rushers, the top pass rushers in National College Football League. But you think he has a higher upside than Becton? Listen, hear me out here. Hear me out here. This is, that's only part one. Number Okay, Becton's got that build. He's got the 6'7", million pound. I don't understand. He ran a 5'1". Right? You ran a five one. Yeah. He has got this guy is everything. He's got the height. He's got the what he's got the the weight might be a problem. This guy is a professional cook. His mom is a is a caterer. So this guy, this guy cooks for himself all day. This guy's gaining weight right and left. So that I don't know. I'm not concerned about it, but it possibly it could be a problem that this guy is obsessed with food. You can't blame him. Wait, you're you're he, so wrong. That's a man that loves food. Wait, wait, wait. You think okay. Before you get to your second point, which is going to be wrong, um, <laughs> the dude is five. I said that he has the highest upside, and now you're about to question me. That's not even remotely close. And the guy is five. I will. One. I will. He I ran will. a five-one, and he and he's. It's not. It's not necessarily. There's only so I only said one part. Of my 357 argument. pounds. My yes, part. The, the, so, that's that's why he has the biggest bust potential. But that mean that goes both ways. Okay, but listen, he has the big. He okay, Mackie definitely has the biggest bust potential. But I think Thomas, due to what system he has been put into is it has the higher upside but let me elaborate let me elaborate before you cut me off like you've been doing this whole time so we have signed jason garrett as our offensive coordinator and mark colombo mark colombo these guys were from the dallas cowboys who for the last 10 years have had the best offensive line in football. And who developed it? This guy named Jason Garrett in 2010, drafted Tyron Smith in 2011. From there, he created the best offensive line, young and great. He got Tyron. He got Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, Travis Frederick, who happened to retire this year. But this system, this system is amazing at developing offensive linemen. You got Mark Colombo, who was offensive line himself with, with the Cowboys, with Bill Parcells, and then transitioned into assistant offensive lineman coach during the 2010s. And then he turned into the full offensive lineman coach for the Cowboys. So due to what system Andrew Thomas is being put into, he has the highest floor, and he has the best people to develop him because these are the best in the game at it. These are the best in the game. They've proven themselves with the Cowboys. They're coming in here. The Giants drafted three offensive linemen, and that was a goal here. Let me draft offensive linemen, and some of them with a very high floor, and I could get them even higher to their highest of potential, and then get some guys like they got in the third round. They got Matt Pert, who's like a Mecky Becton guy, 6'7", 320 pounds. They're, get, they're getting got the projects, but these, these coaches are able to work with them because they're the best in the game. That's why I think Andrew Thomas will be better and Mackie backed in and has a higher ceiling just because the coaching makes their, his ceiling so much higher. Okay. Um, sorry for everyone who's listening that, that he just wasted your time. <laughs> um, because it's very obvious. It's very obvious who has 
the bigger upside because when you talk about upside, you're talking about potential. You're talking about, you know, these people at their highest points, what is a better player? Now, in, in our system, only one part system, of it. Whatever system you're in, obviously, you know, the Giants hired um, Jason Garrett to, uh, you know, to help the offense develop the fast pace of losing that the Cowboys have had for the last hundred years. But I think that when it comes to Mackie Becton running a 5-1 at 357 pounds, that's all I need to say for him having the highest upside. Now, Michael Orr, right, is not such a good NFL player, right? Okay. But again, the dude, the NFL's never seen a man like that. Okay. Right? He came okay. in like that. Right? Listen. Well, well what's your point? What's your like point? And people have busted. So obviously he, he has the potential to become a bust. I'm not saying that. But anytime you have a man of his side, his athleticism and his speed, of course, and even David Gelman would admit that there's higher upside at the position with this guy due to his athleticism, strength, speed. System aside, the man, we're talking about man versus man, potential versus potential as a player, as a player, as an athlete, the potential, the, the sky's the limit for this obese couch that could run a 5-1. Okay, but you're ignoring, you just said it. Straight here, we could go, could go back on the tape here. You said ignore the system. But this is the whole point. You're ignoring reality. This is reality, what system they're being put into. Their ceilings are increased due to where they will be. Johnny Mazzell, for example. Johnny Mazzell. Even with, oh, even with Andrew Thomas. No, don't no, speak. You love the sound of your own voice. Andrew Thomas, <laughs> even with this system that you're saying, there's no debating that Becky Becton in that same system still has higher potential. Okay, Johnny Menzel. Johnny Menzel, he, everyone thought that he had so much potential because of his talent he showed in college. He showed in a, in a solid combine. He had, he had it all for a quarterback, but he had off-the-field issues. He was a little undersized. But he overall, this guy had a ton of potential. What was he put into? He's put into the Brown system where they don't have one player in the NFL right now. Josh Gordon is the only player, and where is he? On the week. He, he's the only player on that Johnny Menzel roster that was, that was still in the NFL question. This guy was put into a bad system, completely busted because of his potential. I'm saying that the system matters because look at where you're putting people with potential. And, Danny, you would be a great GM because you just look at the combine and you're like, wait, wait, like this guy, this guy's doing great in the combine. Let, let me not watch tape on him. Let me not take into account my system and what I'm putting him into right now. Let me just draft the best guy at the combine. What kind of GM are you, man? Okay. The fact is you are, you're saying that, that the G Giants system for Thomas is better, right, than the Jets system for Becton, as if you know exactly what the Jets system is, right? You could, you could tell me the offensive lineman coach. You could tell me the offensive coordinator and say their accolades in developing offense, young offense. What does that mean? You what does that mean? That's not an excuse. Mackie Becton in the Jets system, whatever, and put, that, put them in the offensive line. Left tackle position is the left tackle position, right? No matter where you are, it's the same spot on the field. Okay. Okay. So he has the potential to be, one, to be insane because of his athleticism and size and everything. Which Thomas I agree. This built like a monster. It's ridiculous to think. No, maybe Thomas was the better pick. But to say that he has a higher ceiling than Becky Becton, everyone in the NFL would disagree with you. It is insane. Just That's because not of, true. That's not true. Just, even, though, even if you think Andrew Thomas is the better pick, you cannot say that Becky Becton doesn't have higher upside 
because of the because look at the man's athleticism, size, and strength. That's all that you matters. Say the same system thing. again. I'll punch you in the face. You're wrong. You just like to. <laughs> you can't punch me in the face because we're on Zoom. Social distancing. I hope everyone's staying safe. But Everyone you have to safe. understand. You really have to understand that the that the enormous 357-pound guy that could run a 5-1, no matter what system he's in, has higher upside. Even as a Giants, even as a Jet, anywhere he is, he has higher upside. It's ridiculous that you would oppose that. Okay, so answer this question for me. Answer yeah. this question. You put Jake Fromm, for example. That a quarterback and an offensive line is so different. A quarterback needs receivers, a, 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 a plays, a, a running back. And an offensive uh, lineman needs a coach. Offensive linemen they need a coach. Comparing a left tackle to a quarterback, especially one that's so raw like Mecky Beckton, you need a coach. How do you know he doesn't have a coach? You don't know. Tell me your coach with accolades compared to the Giants' coach with accolades. Tell me that's not going to make the difference. The player makes the difference. Okay, so at first, Mecky is beating Andrew Thomas because of their actual combine and ability the height the weight the speed Mackie is winning no it's not it's not it Mackie is winning but now that you put now they put Jimmy Garoppolo onto the Patriots and now Jimmy Garoppolo onto the Browns Jimmy Garoppolo has no chance on the Browns he has all the chance in the world to be Tom Brady on the Patriots to compare a quarterback to a left tackle is off and I'm, I'm giving you an example. You are, you are. That's the worst example in the world because they're non-comparable. If you put an offensive lineman on the Patriots against offensive lineman on the Browns, the of, Patriots will no. develop him better. Okay, you're wrong. Left tackle is left tackle. That's what I have to say. Okay, you have a lot of stupid things to say, and this happens to be okay, one. Okay, you're wrong. I, I, I apologize. This is why they fired you. I forgot. Um, they okay. fired you first. So Becton and um, and Thomas. Both fans are thrilled. Both amazing picks. Both high upside. Very happy. Offensive line, you know, we're happy, you know, especially the Giants who have gone Saquon and OBJ and have had the, 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 the cool players and the flashy players. It's cool to get an offensive lineman. For the Jets who haven't picked offense in general in 100 years, um, you know, five offensive players in 23 years. So it's good to have picked in an offensive lineman. Yeah, Joe Douglas before, before did exactly we get... what he said he was going to do. Went for the offensive line in free agency. Went to the offensive line in the first round of the draft. Kudos to him. An amazing, amazing selection. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I just wanted to say, no hate for Mackie Becton. I think he's great. Watching his highlights at the draft was, like, insane. This guy's throwing people right and left, throwing them to the stands and whatever. This, this guy looks like he has great potential. Of course, I think it's a good pick. The Jets were lucky to have had them there. Worse, I think, is a safer pick. So I guess they definitely have a lot of confidence in their coaching staff, I guess, into developing the most raw offensive lineman in the draft. And at the same time, I think that it's a great pick. And all love for Mechie. Danny, this is not personal. None of this fight is personal, okay? I hear, I hear. No, um, I got a little embarrassing moment for me. I actually thought his dad was Becton. <laughs> Point when I when I first uh, saw the, the the TV and I thought like Le'Veon Bell is probably in heaven right now. The Giants are so stupid. Yes, he looks a little bit slow, but I'm sure he'll get past it. Like that's what I thought. Um, but uh, you know, and I thought like, oh, Jets can't pick worse because Beckton's dad ate him. You know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> a, lo- a lot of things running through my mind. But uh, I was very very uh, amped with the selection. Okay, Friday night, day two. Um, you know, an enormous victory for the New York Giants. 
And, uh, and I'm going to send Norman Six to the New York Jets as well. We're going to start well. off That's with. Well. I think with, we're in agreement here. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about it, but I think. We're going to start off with the Giants, Xavier McKinney. What's up? Xavier McKinney. So think about the guy that we passed up in the beginning. We passed up in the beginning a guy named Isaiah Simmons. This guy plays slot corner. He plays safety. He plays linebacker inside and outside. This guy's everywhere. Watch his highlights. He's playing in every position at a high level. We pass up on that guy for offensive linemen. Very needed. A more needed position. And what do we do? Second round. We get Xavier McKinney, who happens to play slot corner, free safety, strong safety, and over 100 snaps at each linebacker position. We got a mini Isaiah Simmons. Obviously, you don't see that explosiveness. And, that has, and the reason why he fell is because of his combine, where he ran a 4.62 after cramping up. This guy could run, this guy could run a 4.5. He said he ran a 4.5 before the combine. He cramped up, ran a 4.6, and he didn't have a pro day because of the corona. He didn't have a pro day to make it up. So that's the reason why he fell. He was a projected first-round pick, mid-first-round pick, not late. Supposed to go top 18. So this is, this is a huge steal for the Giants. Huge play. I think it's a little interesting because Julian Love was switching over to free safety at the end of last year. And Giants have big hopes for Julian Love. So I guess they, they're probably going to move Julian Love into, into a nickel corner. I'm, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with him. But it's definitely interesting that they pick a safety, especially when they had a guy like A.J. Epineza there. So they, they definitely need some pass rush, but they didn't address as much in the draft. But this, this is the best guy available right here. We were, we were going to trade back. We had a trade in place to trade back. We said the one player that we won't trade back, we, if this guy's on the board, we're not trading back. Yeah, he's on the board. Huge deal. Let's get to Mims. Okay. Denzel Mims. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Lord himself. You know, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. You know, we're sitting here at 48. Uh, Higgins, gone. Pittman, gone, right? They're gone right off the bat. Bengals and Colts snatching them 33 and 34. And, um, and that's nervous. That's nerve-wracking for Jets fans. And this is the one guy that stood out, you know, and, and, and you know, picks are going by 40, 41, 42, 43. Mims is still there. Number 48, Mims is here. Let's pick him. Joe Douglas, thank you so much. Trade, trade. back. Trade back, right? We traded with the CLC Hawks, 11 picks back. We grabbed their uh, third slash fourth rounder. I'm not – it's weird uh, – how that works, um, you know, comp- compositor- compensatory pick. I don't really – not going to get into that. But, again, you know, why, right? We're angry. Like, you know, everyone was picked. There's 11 receivers that – sorry, 10 receivers are off the board, and we're trading back. Um, so, uh, obviously, Joe Douglas had a, had a, had a instinct. He must have known something. Because Van Jefferson was picked and Claypool was picked, but there was Mims right there for us at 59. We got our guy from Baylor. And listen, man, I know obviously there was 12 receivers before him, um, but the man's mad, right? The man's mad. Joe Douglas called him and he said, welcome to the Jets. And he's like, everyone else is going to pay. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he's excited for a Jet to be a Jet. He's like, what about everyone else who's going to pay? You know, he's very mad at everyone else. Huh? He hates everyone. Maybe because he had to end up with the Jets. But uh, I think that, um, you know, the, the man put up great stats, over 1,000 yards uh, into a season, 12 touchdowns last year. Obviously, uh, he had a lot of drops, right? He had a, he had a couple drops, um, and that was not was an issue in the beginning. 
But um, you know, the man the man's got got the ceiling like uh, all these other you know receivers. I would say, um, you know, second we'll we'll let you speak in in, in a second. Um, second round receivers have been scary. You know, Devin Smith tore his ACL by getting up in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Hill, uh, you know, was a freak. Right, looked like a giraffe. We thought he was going to be a, t- a tall right man. Couldn't catch. Um, if you paid him, and which they did, they literally paid him to not catch. Um, and uh, you know, he was uh, he was horrendous. So you you know, Jets fans are a little bit nervous when it comes to second round receivers. But Mims was our guy, right? People wanted him, and I uh, gotta love the pick because uh, you know that that fills a huge need at a receiver. So I think it's a great pick. I think Joe Douglas had one of the most ambitious moves. As his in his short GM career so far, if he's not getting Mims there, then he's not on the hot seat. But that's the Jets fans are going crazy. They are not happy with him. He took a huge risk there, paid off, got an extra pick, got they got Jabari Zuniga, they got it. They got a good defensive end out of Florida. Um, so I think I think they 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 had a similar pattern with what they went for in the first and second round. They went for two very raw talents. With very high potential, both of them. No, in this first and second round, Mims and Becton, they both have very high potential. Both very raw talents have to be developed, and also a risk about both of them is that in college they both played in very simple college systems. Yeah. Very one cut routes. That Mims was running one cut routes, and they were doing a lot of screen passes. In Becton system, the same thing: one cut routes, short, get get the ball out of the quarterback's hands through screen passes. So that was a concern about Becton. They explain such a simple system. doesn't have to block for so long because they're getting the ball out of quarterback's hands right away. Same thing with Mims. He's getting screen passes, getting a lot of yards. He's getting, he's getting short cuts. But both of them are raw talent. Mims, yeah. just something. The thing about Mims, though, you know, the guy had a lot of action, a lot of balls thrown his way, which is important because he will be a day one starter, starter for the Jets. Yeah, but also if you look at Mims, he had like, a, he, he had like 18 drops at 139. He definitely has dropping issues. Something you can work on. It's not like awful. Like he's got this height. It's not something you can work on. Like this this guy's got the height. This guy's got the speed. This guy, this guy, he has, he has, he, he's one of those players. He can make the crazy catch, but have the easy drop. Texas Tech, I was watching film of one of his games. Texas Tech, he had a create one of the craziest catch, one of the catch of the years on the sidelines, two feet in. It was one of the craziest catch catches of the college football year. But at the end of the game, they're down by three. They're in the red zone. He drops an easy touchdown for the win. This is the guy you're getting here. He's going to make that crazy catch. He could drop that easy ball. Dropped 18 out of 139, which is very not good. And he also had those one-cut routes. But this guy has such high potential. He's in the first round in a ton of mock drafts going to Minnesota or Philadelphia. So you're definitely getting the potential there. Got to work on him. But – it's a similar pattern for round one and two with the risk. Yeah, and um, I'm going to go on to, to three for the Jets, then you'll do uh, – the Giants had a third round. They didn't have a third round. Um, so for the, for the Jets, I think that uh, the, both moves were, were scary, per se. Um, you know, uh, we'll start off with Ashton Davis from uh, Cal. You know, why draft a safety when that's literally the only position we don't need, right? That, that was the biggest thing. But, again – So much available. Well, we obviously signed Ryan Poole to a one-year deal on purpose, right? Um, Ashton Davis played a lot of nickel corner at Cal, so that is a position that we will not have for the future. 
Marcus May, his contract years this year. Obviously, Jamal Adams will be resigned. Uh, and they're yeah, but uh, Ashton okay. Davis. I hope we'll we'll talk about that later. But Ashton Davis is a free safety, so he's not in the same realm as Jamal. But again, Marcus May is someone who has dealt with injuries, who has been inconsistent on the field. So it's possible that the Jets are not looking to him in the future and looking to Davis, right? Uh, Greg Williams also likes to put in 100 safeties because we have no cornerbacks. So um, he likes to do disguise, uh, disguises. That's why Davis will get some playing this year. Uh, obviously, uh, I, this was the only pick I did not like. Um, this was the pick that stood out as a, as a dislike for me. But it, he was um, a uh, potentially, you know, supposed to be there in the second round, right? He, he, he like, uh, he's considered a steal by experts, but just the position itself um, rings a couple bells. You know, man had 55 tackles, whatever. Like, again, we'll see. That pick is a little bit scary. Why grab the white safety when you could do anything else? I don't know. Um, the next round. This was also terrifying until I watched some film and did some research. The next pick, you mean? Third um, round yeah, pick. the next pick in the third round. We drafted another pass rusher from Florida. As you know, we drafted a pass rusher from Florida in the third round last year, uh, Ja'Kai Polite. And, um, yeah, it didn't end so well, right? Did not end too well. Uh, he got he cut, didn't make no? Before the season. What? He got cut before the season, no? Yes, he was cut before he could enter the building. Um, and uh, and it, it's scary that, we're, that we drafted the same exact position in the same exact, uh, in the same exact round. But – you know, there's a clear difference, right? Polite, the reason Polite fell to the third round was because of his awful combine, his awful work ethic, right? He had terrible interviews, and that's really what, what ended his NFL career. It, it was really the fact he wasn't running, right? The Jets would put him on the field in preseason, and he didn't run. He wouldn't run. He wouldn't run in, in training camp. The guy was not moving, um, you know, and even in college, right, most of his plays were, like, trying to be, like, shifting, whatever. Like, he wasn't a powerful guy, and as not even as comparable to athletic as uh, Jabari Zuniga, who um, play who who was more much more of an edge rusher than Flight really was. So really, um, you know, I like that pick because I like the position needs. Right, that's why I'm happy with edge offensive line receiver because Joe Douglas does. He's a very simple guy. He fills the hole. Um, the safety was a McCagnan type pick, right? Just the random guy. Um, that's what McCagnan did. That was so awful. Um, but I think that I totally agree with the three other picks. And, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. So, yeah, starting with Ashton Davis. I think they're continuing that pattern that I talked about. With Ashton Davis and, and Jabari from Florida, these, these are both risks. They're both raw talent who have injuries also. Aside from the raw talent, both have injury concerns. They both had recent surgeries, but they definitely have that talent there. And that's the reason why they dropped is because – you, you saw the combine you're talking about, but also with these injuries, these injuries are the reason why they dropped. I think it's another, it's just another thing about how they're taking risks in their first four rounds, but they have, a t they have a ton of potential. All, all the picks, they got good potential to have, to like be a good value pick in the, each of those rounds. And, and, and also important, Joe Douglas is a position guy, right? McCain would pick these risks who would be all random positions, right? Just because their potential. So, Joe Douglas was looking to actually fill holes. You know, look at, you know, edge, receiver, and offensive line are obviously three huge holes that he just took care of right away. Yeah, so, yeah, you made, you made the point about Ashton not really filling the needs so much, maybe something to do with, Mar uh, with May. Next year, may not, may not re want to re-sign him. We're not really sure what's going on with their, their thought process with that pick. 
but definitely the guy definitely has talent. He's definitely a big risk over there. And same with the with the next pick. But also, if you guys remember, this guy named Leonard Williams is the reason you guys got Ashton Smith at 68. The Giants could have had 68 pick Tyler Bizdas. They at, at they could have picked Zach Bond. They they had so much possibilities at that pick. They got rid of Leonard. They got rid of Leonard, and they and the Jets got that 68 overall. And then also the reason why we God have gift, man Gettleman's Jets MVP baby and he could have he could have made it up hair. that fraud with hair yeah so we could have had that 68 pick and still have our next third round picks we could have two third round picks and also we signed Leonard Williams to a 16 million franchise tag oh my God we could have you could have fixed your mistake you could have seen how bad he was in the three games he played and not resigned him and then end up getting Yannick Ngakwe in a trade maybe. Or Listen, getting Davian Clowney. Instead, you re-sign him, make it the same mistake again. It's cool to see someone trip on air. You know, he's one of the only ones to, to master. Leonard Williams, he's so. great at it. He's great at it, man. Look, like, is Gettleman seeing something that no one else in the world sees? That's what I'm asking. The, the, he's seeing the almost sack stat. The key almost sack stat. Almost sack. Yeah, almost sack. He's in the almost Hall of Fame. He's in you the could see that every Giants Twitter account. He was so close to the quarterback, like 60% of the time. So yeah. are the fans. You know, <laughs> like, no one cares. So something interesting before we move on to the next round. In the third round is that that third round pick we got was compensatory from Landon Collins, losing him in free agency. So we filled the Landon Collins loss with Xavier McKinney, and we got that third-round pick. We picked Matt Pert, who's a Mechie-Vecton-type build. He's a 6'7", huge monster guy at UConn, small school. He's definitely a big project, but as I said before, we got the staff for that project. He definitely has potential, this guy. Um, but like all these guys, these, once you get to this place where you have a small school, big build project, it's a lot of boom-bust. And it's about the coaching. It's about his work ethic. Um, I think it's a solid pick. Tyler Bizdas is someone that we looked at, and we need we need a center right now. And we let and not only did we not pick him and get that center, but we let the uh, Cowboys replace Travis Frederick by picking him at the I think in the last pick of the of the third round they ended up getting him. So yeah, definitely very yeah. interesting. Um. Okay. The next round, right? Day three, Saturday at 12 p.m. Um, you know, the guys got back together on the Zoom and uh, went for round four. Obviously, the Jets traded their uh, extra third-round pick to the Patriots for two fourth-round picks. Um, an excellent move. You know, the Jets really made Leonard, turned Leonard Williams into um, three players. Uh, and uh, and uh, what's it called? Sorry, sorry, they turned the, the second-round trade into three players, right? Joe Douglas really did a great job um, with getting Mims and then getting the two fourth-rounders. I think that uh, the Jets went, the Jets went uh, a little bit interesting. You know, nothing they've ever done before. They drafted for depth, right? They, they, uh, they drafted for, um, you know, for really real, real concerns that the fans don't, didn't did not appreciate right most a lot of people were angry, but I myself was thrilled. The Jets are owing like ten or whatever without Donald. Um, so to take James Morgan, I think is a brilliant pick. Um, you know, someone like Donald could easily 
get injured, right? He's been out before, and uh, I think that having a backup who you could develop, whatever, um, it's it's for sure something that's big. It really hurt us in the past. We don't want that to happen again. Uh, Michael Pirine, you know, brother of Samaj Pirine, right? Hopefully, he doesn't continue the the family tradition of sucking. Um, so uh, you got to hope, you know, another another Florida guy we drafted. He's a team captain. James Morgan's a team captain. Tamara Clark's a team captain. Bryce Hall, who we'll speak about, was a team captain, right? Obviously, an obvious theme for Joe Douglas. He likes character. He likes, you know, likes people who want to work. McCagney did not care for that, and that's why we're here today. Um, so, you know, you have to have players with character. You have to have a good, a good team mindset. So, um, you know, Perrine and Morgan, both depth positions, but both important. Uh, you know, obviously, Perrine, Florida, much bigger than FIU, which is like the Queens College of Florida, um, you know, uh, still both big additions for the Jets. Yeah, also, James Morgan, interesting, looking at some of the insiders saying how the Patriots were definitely looking into him. Yeah. Drafting him, maybe trying – they definitely saw something in him. So either the Jets heard about that or they saw the same thing. It's interesting whether they just wanted to steal him from the Patriots or not. Also, Bryce Hall. This guy was supposed to be a, a – we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get to the fifth round in a second. I, I wanted to uh, – You started fourth round, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, the Giants, um, the Giants obviously drafted not, I had only one fourth rounder. So, you talk to us about rounder. Holmes. So, Matt Miller called him one of the fastest and quickest cornerbacks in the draft. This guy, he's called a steal, an A. But at the same time, we drafted McKinney who was going to play in the secondary. We drafted Baker, Love, Valentine last year. We signed Bradbury this year, and we still got Peppers there. The, obviously, Gettleman said after the draft, you can't have enough DBs. But at the same time, I was mistaken before. I said Bizdaz went in the third round. He went in the fourth round, and he was available at our pick. We could have picked him again. Instead, we waited till the fifth round to fill that need. But in the fourth round, he went with someone that wasn't such a need, but he was one of the best players available at that position. And I think it's, it's definitely – I think it's going to make competition for all the young guys. We got – I think the, the oldest guy in our, in our, out of our cornerbacks is 26, James Bradbury. The wow. rest of them are below. We got our whole draft class last year and our draft class this year with McKinney and, and, our, and our picks from UCLA right now. They're both going to be com- competing for the, the top spots. I think it's definitely going to be some good competition. Joe Judge came in this year and he said, no spots are available, guys. No spots are available. There's no – he said, not even Daniel Jones – like, obviously, he's joking there. Not even Daniel Jones is secure. Well, so, eh. Yeah, obviously, he's secure. But <laughs> I'm saying, this, this, yeah. that's Joe Judge's mentality here. He's going to put these guys in. They're going to compete, try to get the best out of them. And it's definitely an interesting pick because it wasn't necessarily a need. But he definitely was – he was rated an A by Matt Miller. Yeah, obviously, obviously, Giants looking to, um, you know, replace the horrors of uh, Jenkins from a while back and uh, looking to uh, upgrade that secondary. Uh, I missed the fourth round of the Jets, Cameron Clark. Um, also from, a, you know, not uh, not much to say about him, but again, offensive line depth is important, especially for the Jets. And uh, Joe Douglas, going again, going out of his way to, this is his seventh new offensive lineman, which is a crazy stat. Um, so really going all out, and uh, you know we'll see. Obviously, it's a fifth, it's a fourth round pick. Okay, the fifth round. Um, you know, well the the Giants went to town in the seventh round, but uh, you could wrap up the fifth and sixth. I'll say, um, you know, the Jets 
fifth and sixth, and then you could uh, speak for a couple hours on that 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 seventh round. So what's up? <laughs> so Shane Lemieux, who we got we got in the in the fifth round. So combine out of all the offensive tackles, offensive linemen we got, we we got 950 pounds of O line to put there. Get our coaches to develop them. Very excited for that. This guy was a staple out of Oregon, protecting Herbert. Big fan of him for watching his tape. Didn't really know too much about him going into the draft, but he's definitely one of those guys that's been a staple on that Oregon offensive line. He's got that weight. He's got that. He, I think we, we could test him at garden center. He's versatile. He could play garden center, and we definitely need to fill that center. We got Hernandez at that guard. We got Nick Gates, who Gettleman has big hopes for, also at the guard. And he might try him at, at the center also. But you could definitely try Lemieux at center. And I think it's definitely going to be something to look out for with our offensive line because it's very versatile. We got Thomas. He could play left and right tackle. We got, we got this pick who could play guard and center. And then Pert, we don't really know with him yet because he's just such a raw talent. But he's definitely going to play. I think he's going to play tackle. We don't know where. We still got Solder in there with the six-highs contract as an O-lineman. So we're not so we're not so fond about that contract there, but we I think he might be gone next year, and we'll have these guys take over. He played so Lemieux, he was ranked the number three guard in the nation last season, number one in the Pac-12 according to PFF, and he just an Iron Man. He played all games, and it's something it's something great, something great to have on our team. I think. Okay, you know, and uh, the sixth round they went Cam Brown from Penn State. Cam Brown from Penn State, yeah. So. This is just an ESPN article reading here. Uh, I think it's a good quote. Brown brings length and speed from the linebacker position. He had 10 passes defended the past few seasons. To outside linebacker, one of the more troubling positions on the roster. Definitely, we got Ryan Connolly out of the ACL injury. He, we loved him last season. He was a monster, sixth-round pick. Has like, like two pick sixes in two games. Then he tears his ACL. But he's coming back here. But also, it's just a big need with losing Marcus Golden. We definitely needed Cam Brown. Obviously, I can't – sixth-round pick. I can't have too much high hopes for him. But this guy definitely brings speed. This guy is a speed linebacker. He's good in coverage. He can also rush the quarterback. So we're just trying to bring some speed because we missed out on Isaiah. We got Xavier. He's not the fastest player, but he brings speed to our team also. We just need speed on the, speed on the defense and some O-line support. That was mainly what we were looking for in the draft. Cam Brown definitely just adding to that. Yeah, um, for the Jets, listen, man, that's this is the pick of the whole draft, in my opinion. Bryce Hall from Virginia, you know, the man's a, a, a probable even after you know the ankle injury was supposed to go in the third round. Um, you know, obviously that scared teams, and you know, you, you mentioned it with Davis and, and with Zuniga, but I really think that um, that in the fifth round, you know, a round that has not existed in Jets Nation for the last hundred years. Um, I think that it's hard to take a real risk. Um, so, you know, with Bryce Hall, I think it was an obvious snag for, um, for McCagney. And I think if he picked him in the third round, no Jets fans would be upset. I think if he, you know, if that, that's the crazy part about it, um, you know, because this man is just, just crazy sky high potential, you know, had a lot of interceptions in Virginia and, and was a pretty dominant player um, and very aggressive. And you know, man, man's a beast. Uh, I think that, we went, we went the route of Bless Austin, who, you know, was super injury-prone last year in the seventh round, sixth round, whatever it was. And, you know, we've done this before, but, um, but Hall was, was, a, 
was an obvious pick. Like, there's no one that's going to deny the, the brilliance of that pick. And the fact that Joe Douglas was able to grab him at five, it, it really helps us. You know, the cornerback position last year, it was, it was picking guys off from the street, right? Uh, Kennedy, Maurice Kennedy, right? He played. And, and anytime you have to, you know, that, that, that was a loss already. Um, one time, I'm pretty sure he offered the receiver a touchdown for five bucks. We're not really sure. Um, but again, you know, you really have to address that, that, that side of the field. You know, the Jets, they went out and signed Pierre Desir. Uh, That's a great sign. Hall. What? I, I love the Pierre Desir. Uh, yeah, sign. you know, drafting Hall and, you know, Bless Austin from last year, Arthur Marlette from last year. Guys who are young, you know, I gave you him a lot of Bless. Time last you year. You love Bless. Uh, but I do love Bless. And, and I like these guys. And I think that uh, – I think that there's a lot of potential in this corner, in, in this in this room. When three, with when a couple months ago, I I thought I could have walked there myself. Um, so very happy about that. And in the sixth round, punters are people too. I personally don't think they are, but Braden Man is a man amongst men. That's what I got to say about him. A beast. Um, you know, Pat McAfee type, Texas A&M, <laughs> and dude's a baller. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm excited, like, again, the Jets punt a lot, right? We're, we, we punt a lot. So, um, Lackland Edwards, who was solid, uh, you know, it, to have a if, – if this guy could be a dominant punter that actually has his name out there, then, like, why not? You know, why, why go for a extreme project in the sixth round when you draft someone who could really make an impact, especially for this Jets offense, who, uh, who loved their punter last year. Edwards got paid. Um, got paid his fair share for last year's playing time. Yeah, on, on Bryce Hall, I think just overall, he is a medical risk. Definitely had surgery in October, I believe. This guy's yeah. 6 1. He's five interceptions in 2018, 24, pass, 24 passes uh, broken up. Um, the last four years, he, he had five interceptions. But I think it happens a lot with teams that they, they look at the medical, they look at the medical risk and then they, they wait it out. And by the fifth round, the probability of you getting such a great player is just not that high that I'm not going to go with that third, third round player. That, why wouldn't I go with that third round player that is only in the fifth round here because of a medical risk? Why don't I take that chance? Cause he could bring third round talent. He could bring second, third round talent. Why am I taking, why am I taking a fifth round that doesn't have such high potential? So that's why I thought Bryce Hall was a great pick. One of the best in their judge draft, just because he has that potential is more way more potential than any of the other fifth rounders there. It just that the medical the met the medical risk held him back. And yeah, I just think that was just a great pick. Should I move on to the seventh round? We love this. Okay. So obviously the Jets were not involved, but it seemed like the Giants were. Yeah, Four yeah. seventh round selections for New York. Yeah. Uh, for the Giants. And um just uh, if you could go through it as quickly as possible, because I don't think anyone Really can't. Likes to hear about the seventh round, but so, just so Carter Coughlin. All I'll say on him, okay, he, he's he's a, he's another. We we need to edge. So this is this is where we got we got some rushing. We got Coughlin and Brunson for the for rushing a quarterback, and then we got Williamson as a cornerback, which I still don't get. I don't really care. We also got Tay Crowder as the last pick in the draft. That's Mister Irrelevant right there. I'll get them in a second. Just one-worders, Coughlin, that's a great name in the franchise. Great to have in Brunson. It's a little weird because this guy's like, known for some unsportsmanlike conduct and some, like, Odell vibes on the linebacker side. 
So it's a little weird because Gettleman's so against that, but we'll see. He's a, he's a, he's a seventh rounder. Williamson, another thing where he doesn't have that, that, uh, that upside of Holmes, but we still took a cornerback for some reason when we have millions of them. Gettleman, again, can't get enough DBs according to him. But Tay Crowder, this is Andrew Thomas's teammate at Georgia. He was a big player in that middle of the defense. He was actually a finalist, top 12, for best linebacker in the nation. Very uh, interesting, Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder Hall of Famer, question mark. Take, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, the last amazing Mr. Irrelevant was Ryan Suckup. Ryan Kicker Suckup. for Tennessee. So Love we'll see that. Love Tay that. Crowder brings our franchise. Very excited for Tay Crowder. Okay, Call man. Great name. Tay Crowder. Energy. Look out for this man. 245, 40, 254 people thought wasn't good enough, but fine. <laughs> okay, but so after this draft, I think something to definitely take into account is through the offseason and the draft, the, the vision around you. Not only did you improve, but did you improve with your division better or worse? So I'll start with the Giants. If you get to the Jets, they could talk about it. But I'll start with the Redskins. Um, should I start, what team should I start with? Let's, let's start with the uh, Eagles. Let's start with the Eagles. Eagles, of course, got Jalen Ragor. So this guy's also a raw talent, but he's, he's a speedy guy, crazy high vertical. He's going to be something to take. That's why we're taking so many DBs, because we got C.D. Lamb, who I'll get to. We got Terry McLaurin. We got Jalen Ragor. We got a lot of young talent for the future on the wide receiver side in our division. We got to take these guys. Eagles also happened to trade for Darius Slay. And they got Javon Hargrave. Those are two pro players at, at their positions. And they, got, they agreed to terms with Nicola Ruby, uh, Ruby Coleman. That's another great DB. They got Jatavius Brown. They drafted Hurts, which is going to be something interesting to watch in our division. Because according to reports right now, we got maybe Hurts. They're going to do a quarterback by committee. Of course, Wentz is going to be the main quarterback there. But they might do some Taysom Hill action. So something interesting to watch for in our division. When we play the Eagles, Hurts might be on the field as their second. So we got Hurts, Ragor. We got also Marcus Goodwin was acquired. So now we got, that's why we need some speedy guys like Holmes. We drafted in the fourth because we got Marcus Goodwin to cover. So that's the Eagles. The Eagles definitely improved a lot, but I think we've matched their needs a lot with the cornerbacks and, and with our, yeah, with the cornerbacks because they really focused on receiver and speed. And Slay, of course, I, I, don't, I don't really think that our, our uh, core, uh, receiving core is that strong. Golden Tate, Shepard. Uh, Ingram, I don't know, his deal with getting traded. The Niners are interested. But de they definitely improved their secondary. We didn't improve our receiving core. Let's get to the Cowboys, who a lot of people said had the best draft. So very, very sad that CeeDee Lamb fell. I was hoping someone would grab him like the Broncos. Broncos grabbed Judy. It just the receivers fell. A lot of people think that they would trade up for receivers. No one traded up. And CD sadly fell. Now it's CD. Gallup and Amari Cooper. Then we also got they also grabbed Diggs in the second. But not not very fun because he's also first round value. Reggie Robinson also they grabbed. And Tyler Bizess, I was talking about before, who could be their Travis Frederick replacement. Reggie Robinson is also a guy that they thought that is a second round talent. They signed Don Terry Poe, Pa Clinton Dix, Greg Zerline, who might just kill us. And they got Alden Smith out of 
out of his retirement, and yeah, Gerald McCoy. They definitely improved on all sides of the ball. They, their receiving core is top in the league, along with the Buccaneers. And then they, they improved their line a lot with two veteran defensive tackles. They got Hawkins and Dixon safety, and they got two great cornerbacks in the draft. That's very scary. Hated watching that draft. Hated seeing C.D. Lamb go to the Cowboys. But at the same time, we addressed C.D. Lamb by getting a lot of cornerbacks. So that's one thing. And lastly, the Redskins, I'm going to hate seeing Chase Young going at Andrew Thomas, but I'm going to love it also. Week to week, we get Chase Young, Chase Young, Andrew Thomas, battle. Very fun to watch. They also grabbed a wide receiver, Gandy Golden, who I wanted to improve that receiving core. But Redskins ended up getting him. The Redskins got Fuller out of a Fuller, great uh, all-pro cornerback. And, yeah, they definitely improved. I think the whole division, NFC East, just improved through free agency in the draft tremendously. Giants among them. But, and the Giants just tried to match, match, the, match to what the other teams got. Um, and I think before you start on your division, I think that you guys won in the short run with Brady leaving. But in the long run, I think you guys had a big loss with Dolphins having such a great draft. I think the Bills got digs. Yeah, you could you could talk about it if you want. Just how you see your standings. Yeah, no, I'm not, not. I'm honestly not going to go through it. Really, the the story of the AFC East is the quarterbacks. That's really all it comes down to the four young quarterbacks, right? Tua, uh, Josh Allen, Sam Donald, and the little poor sweet <laughs> Jared Stidham. <laughs> Jared Stidham, you know, uh, never, you know. You guys got the best quarterback a now. Sad, a, a sad little guy, um, but the Patriots believe in him, and that that's enough for me to to be scared. Um, you know, they obviously did not go quarterback. You know, they didn't go with – obviously, they, we took Morgan, but they didn't go Fromm. They didn't go – you know, they didn't go Hurts. You know, they really did not – they really believe that Stidham is the guy. And uh, listen, listen, obviously, I love seeing him throw a pick six to Jamal Adams last year uh, when there was no receiver on the field. Um, you know, the, the man literally looks like he has no skill and doesn't belong there. Um, and I'm surprised that the security let him in the stadium. But, again – Belichick believes in him, that's enough. That's enough to say, oh, you know, and if Belichick goes with Hoyer, right, whoever Belichick goes with is enough to be scared, to be nervous. And the Patriots have a, you know, they lost a couple of key pieces, right? But everyone, they lost everyone. But I think that, you know, any team with Belichick, obviously we've never really seen him without Brady, but it's still scary. And then, the you know, Dolphins and Bills both have uh, pretty, had very, very good drafts, you know, not going to go really into it. But uh, as a Jets fan, you learn to – you can't focus on everyone else when you're so pathetic, right? So we have to focus on ourselves. We fixed a lot of holes. We got better at the draft. I'm much more confident in this team I was, um, you know, a week ago, whatever it was. So I'm very, very happy. I Joe Douglas got a lot of steals, a lot of great, great players, and uh, he addressed some key, key problems. Obviously, he only went with Mims, did not really address the receivers as much as I would like. Um, but, uh, you know – you got. I, I trust him, and I obviously I trusted McCacken, and I trusted Itzik, and I trusted Tannenbaum, and I trusted Todd Bowles, and I trusted Rex Ryan, and I trusted Adam Gates, and I trust Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson. But I'm gonna say it again. I trust Joe Douglas. I think uh, you know he's first the first one to actually say it and do it right. You know all these guys just did splashy things and said a million things. Right, Douglas is very simple. He's very to the point. I'm gonna just the offensive line. He did that. I'm gonna fill some holes. He did that. 
remember some problems we had last year with um with the punter and the backup quarterback and the fact that Bell had no one behind him, right? Um, you know, I'm gonna fix that, and and he really did. Hey, who's our boy? Who's our boy? The backup quarterback, double well, backup. Who's uh, our boy? Falk. Who? Luke Falk. Luke Falk, the legend. Yeah, rest in peace. I think I hit rest in peace. His career. Maybe that was a dream I had. I think I got hit by a car. I'm not sure. Um, but again. You know, Joe Douglas is doing what he's saying, doing. He's, he's not he's not the flat the splashiest guy. Really not making like the splashiest moves in the world, especially when it comes to free agency. So I really, really am happy with him. And after three years uh, of drafts, and after three years of free agency, finally the Jets draft uh, uh, got Lamar Jackson. So you know, it's MVP. great. It's great. We finally, MVP. We finally picked up Lamar Jackson after all that. <laughs> after uh, passing you know, him. From the Browns, I think that, so. it was it was for sure for the bit. It was the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys don't need him. Guys don't need Lamar Jackson. Just for the headline, you know. I got a literally got a phone update. You know, Jets signed Lamar Jackson, and my phone. All, I almost like broke my phone. <laughs> uh, you know, because like I was like, oh, fine. You know, like, no big deal. Um, but obviously, it's the you know cornerback from Nebraska, which makes more sense. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm happy overall. You know, you went, you took us through it. You're happy. We're both happy with the Jets and the Giants drafts. Both, you know, the expert, the experts are happy. The fans are happy. And, and we're going to let you go. Um, we only mentioned that we got fired once. So that's pretty good, uh, you know, because we're over it. Now number two. We're, re- we're really we're over it. We're for sure. Oh, I've we're been sleeping. I, I've um, been sleeping. Yeah. So, Josh, if you're listening, please hire us again. We're desperate and bored. Quarantine sucks. But I hope everyone's staying safe. Hope everyone's getting back at it. And. No!